Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. We are back in the book of 1 Thessalonians this morning. 1 Thessalonians. Pastor Brad spoke last week from that book, dealing with chapters 1 and 2, and today we are dealing with 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. So what that looks like in your Bibles, it will just show up as 1 Thessalonians. I encourage you not to attempt to flip through and try to find it, because you will not. We will be here all day, and you will still not be able to find it. Um, It is a short book in the New Testament. I encourage you to open to the table of contents at the front of your Bible, or open up the Bible app. And scroll until you see 1 Thessalonians and go there and we are going to be in chapter 3. Now again, I said uh, Pastor Brad uh, spoke on on this book last week and he he gave us uh, some background on it and gave us a little bit of insight that it was uh, a guy named Paul who planted a church in this city and he was dealing with the Thessalonian people. And... uh, Before we get into the scripture and we get into too many of the details here, uh, I think what we need to understand and where we need to come from as we're looking at the passage today is that as things change throughout history, things pretty much stay the same. Yeah, we've got technology. Yeah, different countries are called different things. Yeah, our way of life is a little bit different now than it was 2,000 years ago. But for the most part, the same core basic issues and struggles and victories are the same. Are the, the, the issues that we deal with, with people and with life, are, are essentially the same as they were 2,000 years ago. For example... Many of us, whether recently or it's been going on for a while, would, I, I would say that we are in this, we would say, uh, a time of tribulation, trials, burdens, problems, hard. We're in a hard spot in our lives. Things, things aren't working the way that we think they should. Things aren't working the way we want them to. And things just... They tend to fall apart, whether it's work or family. We, we think relationships are going well, and then they take a turn, and they, they're not going well. Or, or we think we're, we're finally making progress at work, and then it becomes super stressful and a, a huge mess again. Or we think that we're finally getting a handle on our finances, and we might be going ahead, and then we find out the car breaks down, or, or the house is, is starting to leak, or... Uh, the kid is, is just destroyed all their clothes, or the kid started to grow. And not only do you have to buy new clothes, but now you've got to feed this massive child, beast thing. And things just, they're, they're hard. And you're trying to figure out, and there may be some good stuff in there, but they're hard. And you're trying to figure out, how am I supposed to do this? And you deal with the pandemic and loss. Things are hard. Some of you are in this, this room and you, you think about your loved ones and you are in this place where you're, you're weighted down with worry about your loved ones. And it may be your kids, it may be your parents, it, it, it may be just a friend and people that you know. 
But you think about them and you think about where they are in life or, or the distance between you and them, and you're, you're filled with worry. You don't know if maybe your parents are, gonna, are doing well or if they're going to be okay. You may see their health declining. You don't know how they're going to handle things at home. You think about your kids and they might be going off to school or they're, they're at school and you're, you don't know what they're getting into or you know that there's some family member that's getting into trouble and you're not sure how they're going to handle it or how they're going to get out of it. You've got friends and family that you really want to be there to support and you can't because there are border restrictions or because there are financial restrictions where you can't travel and there's just this great big distance between you and them and you are worried about them and you care so much about them and you want to be there to help them to support them to help them take you want to take care of the grandbabies whatever it is and you see them and you see them in their need or you see them in this situation and you are worried about them and for some of you it's you may, you may be dealing with all that, too. But for some of you, in the, you're in the situation where you've got the burdens or you've got stuff going on in your life, and it feels like either you're the only one that's dealing with this issue or no one around you has the time or energy to deal with you and to help you in that situation. Or you've got some struggle, maybe some addiction, some burden, some bad habit, some weight. And nobody either seems able to help you or willing to help you. And you feel totally alone. And sometimes, sometimes it's this situation where You look at other people and you see the things they're going through and you see them and you say, oh man, they're going so, through such a hard time and I'm just being a wimp and I've got this little tiny issue and I feel like totally beaten by it, but so-and-so has got this horrible thing that's going on in their life and they really need the help and so you feel bad for even wanting someone to pay attention to you to help you through your thing. Does anybody ever feel like that? You feel guilty for wanting other people to help you. But at the end of the day, you still feel alone. Well, I think that Paul and the Thessalonians can relate to all those things. Where they're coming from, where Paul is coming from, and where the Thessalonians are coming from can relate to all those situations. The burdens, the problems, the persecution, the, the pain, the being worried about being far away from people and, and not knowing what's going on, and, and the burden of feeling alone. I think, I think they, they get all that. Actually, Paul, Paul planted the church. And as Pastor Brad said last week, he only had three weeks to plant the church, and Paul planted the church, and then he had to get out for his own safety, and he's left wondering, did I teach him enough? Did I give him enough information? Did I tell him the most essential things? Or did I jump to things that didn't need to be talked about yet? Did I, did I set them up right? Did I give them the right definition? Did I give them enough information? Did I help them work through their issues enough that they're actually well-established and solid? Or did I just set them up to fail? And he's left wondering, 
are they going to make it? Are they going to be okay? I have so much more to teach them. They need so much more instruction. They need so much more help. They need somebody there to help them. And I can't be there. And the Thessalonians are left without their teacher, without their pastor. And now there's this gap. And Paul tried and tried and tried to get back to that church to help them, to teach them. And time after time, he tried and he couldn't go. He couldn't make it. He couldn't get there. And so finally, he decides that if I can't make it, I've got to send somebody else. And so he sends his apprentice. He sends Pastor Timothy, who's just a young guy. He sends him to the church, sends him and says, Timothy, you've got to check on these guys. I don't know how they're doing. And Timothy goes and he finds them and he finds that they are thriving. Thriving. So Timothy sends word back to Paul and says, Paul, they're doing great. They're doing great. They haven't fallen. They haven't forgotten the faith. They're holding strong in the middle of all this. When Paul writes back, which is 1 Thessalonians, his letter to the Thessalonians, his first letter to the Thessalonians that we have, he says this, chapter 3, I'm just going to read verses 7 and 8. This is what he says. He says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, tribulations, trials, problems, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. I want to read that again. In all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Paul isn't saying, well guys, it was really great to find out that you're doing well. That's, that's great. Good. But I'm happy about that. He doesn't say, you guys are doing good, but you should have done better. He puts some pretty significant weight on this. Where he says, when I found out how well you were doing and the faith that you have, I was encouraged and filled with life. I was beaten down. I was broken in in." in all the persecution I was going through, in all the worry I was dealing with, and that when I found out how well you were doing, how well you were growing in your faith, you brought me back to life. And this is, this is a point I want us to grab hold of today. And you can learn all kinds of stuff from this book. But this is the point I want us to grab today. And what the point I think we need, need to learn from Paul and the Thessalonians in their relationship here is that Staying connected to good souls is good for your soul. Staying connected to good souls is good for your soul. 
When Paul found out and he reconnected with the Thessalonians and he saw their faith and how well they were established in the Lord, it brought him life. And when Paul was able to reconnect, he was able to reinvest in the Thessalonians and encourage them too. It's kind of like um, build, building a fire. I don't know how many of you are avid campers or, or have a wood stove in your home or just pyromaniacs. We won't talk about that with Dwayne here, um, but it, I don't know what kind of history you've got with fire, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, um, I don't know what kind of history you have with fire, but typically when you build a fire, you get it going. You've got the kindling and different things, and you get it going. But very rarely, do, after the fire is going, do you just kind of throw one log on it? Um, what ends up happening a lot of times is the, the fire doesn't, doesn't have enough fuel or doesn't have any kind of anything to reflect the heat back on it. And it, it tends to go out just by throwing one log, especially if it's a big log. You just throw one big log and it, it's going to go out. But if you throw on two logs, something almost magical happens. The flames in one build on the other. And the flames on the other build on the first one. And all of a sudden, they're working together. And the heat builds off of each other. And, all, and you have this roaring fire. And the more wood you put on, all of a sudden, the bigger the fire gets. But it needs that other log. It needs more fuel. It can't be alone. It needs more, more logs to have a bigger fire. And it's the same with us, that we need to stay connected to good souls for our own health, our own soul spiritual health. Now, I say good souls because when you throw a wet log on the fire, it doesn't do anything to help the fire grow, does it? And we need, we need other people in our lives. We need those unhealthy souls. We need people that don't know Jesus. We need people that are in dark places. We need people that are hurting and lost. We need those people in our lives. One, because they're still people. And two, because that is part of our mission. To reach and serve and to love the lost. But for our own health, our own soul care, we need to make sure that we have some good some good souls around us. Because staying connected to good souls is good for your soul. So this is what, this is what we do with that. It's quite simple. Number one, stay connected to good souls. There, done. Pretty simple, right? And yet we don't do it. For some reason, we don't do it. But it is absolutely vital. 
We need to pull out our calendars. We need to pull out our phones. We need to start sending messages to people. Hey, do you want to go for coffee? Hey, do you want to grab lunch? Hey, do you want to go for a walk? Hey, do you want to pop over? Hey, do you guys want to come over for lunch? Do you want to do something? And you've got to make the appointment. You've got to make the date. You've got to, you've got to put it in your calendar. You've got to make the time. You've got to set aside that time and make it happen. It means like if you've got a mentor or a teacher or a leader or a pastor that you've got a good connection with, you've got to set aside time for them. And not just when it's horrible, when everything's going badly, but when it's good. You need to have those relationships. You need to be part of a small group. You need to be growing. You need to have those connections. And you need to make it a priority. You need to make it part of your normal routine and your normal life for your own health. good for others too that's what that's what this community thing means but for your own sake you've got to make it happen it's not going to happen by accident you've got to make it happen and when you make it happen you've got to make sure that you're taking time to talk about your faith it wasn't, Paul didn't say, when I found out how great you were at pickleball, I was greatly encouraged and filled with life. When I found out how good you did in your fantasy football team, I was overwhelmed with life and goodness. I was encouraged because of your faith. And so when we get connected, we need to spend time sharing with each other about our faith journeys. And that, I'm not saying that you can't talk about the weather, and you can't talk about kids, and you can't talk about pie, and you can't talk about different things. You can talk about those things, but make sure it comes back to your faith. Make sure it's about what is God saying about your kids? What, are you, what is God showing you? about the food you eat? What is God teaching you? What, what is going on in this journey? And you've got to make sure that in these connections you have, you take time to talk about your faith journey. That's why small groups are so essential and so great. Because it gives you that opportunity on a weekly basis. Now the second thing that we need to do, first thing being stay connected. The second thing we need to do is get help. When Paul was unable to connect with the Thessalonian church, he had to get help. He couldn't do it on his own, so he had to get help. And sometimes we're in this situation where we don't know how to contact someone, so we don't know how to use technology to reach somebody that we really need to connect with. Maybe it's a situation where you don't know who to talk to. You don't know what small group to be part of. You don't know if it, who could be a good mentor for you or how to, how to have good, meaningful conversations, whatever it is. And you're in the place where you don't know what to do or how to do it or you just can't figure it out. That's the time to ask for help. And there's no shame in it. There's nothing wrong with it. If it gets you connected with good souls, it'll be good for your soul. So if you need to get help, 
get help. And I may even take that a step further and say, if there is something you can do in your life that you don't have to do alone, do it with somebody else. Use it as an opportunity to do it with somebody else. So stay connected and get help. And this does something incredible in our lives. Number one, when we stay connected with good souls, we get filled with courage. We are encouraged. It means that we see all the darkness, we see all the problems, we see all the pain, we see everything that's coming at us, and instead of looking at it and feeling defeated, we look at it and say, you know what, I see how bad it is, I see how dark it is, and I can go through it. I can beat that. I can handle it. I am filled with courage to deal with it. It fills you with endurance. That says, I don't care how long this takes, I will last through it. It fills you with clarity. It opens up your heart and your mind to know what it is God is saying to you and planning out in the long term that it will allow you to stay on the right path through it all. And it fills you with this feeling that God is going to get you through it and is doing something good called hope. It fills you with hope and it also fills you with joy. Joy in the middle of it that says, even though I'm going through hard things, God is still good. And when you are filled with hope and with joy, you can get through an awful lot. But we need to stay connected to each other. We need to have those meaningful conversations. We need to strengthen each other to fill each other with life. The worship team's going to come up and we're going to wrap up here. I want to encourage you that when you go home, you take a whiteboard marker and you, wipe, you, you write on your bathroom mirror or kitchen window or um, somewhere that you look every day. I just want you to write the word connect. Connect. As a reminder, as you go home and throughout this whole week, to stay connected with good souls because it's good for your soul. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Mm-hmm.